everyone, and welcome to Sugar Pills, your practical guide to self-care. I'm your host, Candy Washington, and I can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life. So let's get started on this week's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. So for those of you who are joining us for the first time, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and hit me up on Instagram at @candywashington with any of your aha moments. If you're listening to something and it really resonates with you, tag me and let me know, and I will definitely tag you back. If you are watching this over on our YouTube channel, also be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend because learning and growing is always better with community. So before we dive into today's episode, which is with the beautiful Joan Hornig, I wanted to quickly introduce her to you all if you may not be familiar with her. She's a jewelry designer and entrepreneur. Two decades ago, she launched Philanthropy is Beautiful Jewelry at Bergdorf Goodman, asking each customer to select any charity of their choice to receive 100% of Joan's profit on that particular piece, which I think is amazing. It's, you know, having something that is luxurious, but you're also giving back. And I think that really speaks to the character of who Joan is. She continues this model of asking and supporting what women care about with her newest collection, Pave the Way Jewelry. Isn't it Pave the Way or Pave the Way? It is both. It's spelled Pave the Way, but it's a play on words for Pave, which means small diamonds put together closely. Ooh, I love that. So Pave the Way. Jewelry has added messages of supporting women's most critical issues. Their personal empowerment with their Empowerment Tools collection, their commitment to healthy eating with the Food for Thought collection, and their interest in protecting the planet with the No Planet We collection. And again, 100% of the profits continue to be donated. So thank you, Joan, and welcome to Sugar Pills. How are you? I am great, and thank you for having me on as a guest. This is a wonderful opportunity to meet your followers, talk to you, and spread the good word. Absolutely. So what was your inspiration behind first becoming a jewelry designer? What was your trajectory? What was, what's, what's your story to how you got to where you are? Um, it's a, it's a long story because I'm not as young as some of your listeners. <laughs> so if you can bear with me, I'm happy to share. Yes. I started out in academic administration as a, as a professional fundraiser for Harvard College and then for Columbia Business School, my alma maters. I then went to Wall Street because I need to pay back my loans. Mm-hmm. And when I was on Wall Street, it was very much about having the best you could have. When I was, at, when 9-11 happened, I decided it was, was about being the best one could be. And that made one the best one could be. (laughs) And so I felt really strongly that it was about connecting community and storytelling and fighting profiling. And it was time to give back 100%. I was very fortunate because I grew up getting some um, subsidies from some nonprofits. And I was able to go to college on scholarship. So I grew up with a modest background. And I also met my husband and married him after my sophomore year and his junior year. So we were the only undergraduate married couple at Harvard. And I made two promises when I walked down the aisle. One was to marry him and love him. And the other was that by the time I was 50, because I believed education was the American dream, that I would find some way to give back 100%. And it's the confluence of 9-11 and profiling and fear and anxiety and judgment was so upsetting to me that I started making jewelry Mm. because my office, and I was in private equity at the time, was 10 blocks from the trade center and I, from the, um, from the Diamond District. And so I was able to go to the Diamond District on my lunch hour and I was able to see all the 
best of what America had to offer. You had people from all different backgrounds as artisans all together, but they weren't necessarily working together. And so what I decided to do was help them grow their businesses. And so I decided that a caster could also be a polisher, could also be a solderer. And I would introduce them across the the different parts of the businesses to other people with perhaps different backgrounds, hopefully different backgrounds. And we would build bridges inst- and they would grow their business. And then we could talk about education and we could talk about educating their children. And we could talk about so many more things and what would happen when um, technology would be introduced into their lives. Yeah. So it was a very conscious effort but it wasn't so conscious to be about jewelry as much as it was that I needed to do something with my hands. And it was about touching the things and building something from nothing and beading with my younger child who beading me had become the new knitting. (laughs) And because women are so fantastic, a woman saw my jewelry and she said, I really like that. And I said, thank you. And she (laughs) said, where can I buy one? I said, I made it. And she said to me, what do you mean you made it? You're a finance person. Mm. And the aha moment combined with those other things was that I said, I am no more one thing defined by what I do than when I look at you and all the other women in the world, think of them as only one thing. Right. I see a manager. I see an educator. I see a woman. I see a mature person. I see someone who takes the education as the chief education officer of their family. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things. You're in the C-suite. Mm-hmm. And I, wanted to, I want you to see me that way, not just as what I do, but basically what I can do. And she said, I'll buy one from you. And I said to her, you can buy one from me, but maybe you want to see the other things that I've made and let's go look at it in the Tupperware under my China cabinet. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) And you know, what I hear in your story, I think a lot of us can relate to because I think with 9-11 in particular, but I think when big things happen that are traumatic, I think America and the world sort of suffered this collective trauma. And I think um, that's a very tangible thing to go on to, to look at and what happened. But I think in our own lives, particularly as women, we do have these traumatic moments that happen to us. And through that trauma, we want to find ways to self-soothe. We want to find things that we can control. We want to find ways to deal with maybe like anxiety or the unknown or the unexpected. So what I hear out of your story, to me, it's really a story of healing, of having this traumatic thing happen. It kind of shakes up your life and you're like, well, I have all these emotions. I have all these thoughts now. What am I going to do with it? I need to use my hands. And the way that you are able to self-soothe and have something that you could control and that you could unite people with, just your medium just happened to be jewelry. And then out of that, was born what your purpose and your passion then became and how you were able to create community and then activate change. So I think your story is so beautiful. I think you took something that was very tragic and very traumatic and you turned it into something that has now become your mission and something that's very powerful. So whether it's a 9-11 moment in our lives, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a loss, whether it's a getting fired from your job, whether it's turning a certain age that you have always feared turning or, you know, whatever the big t- trauma or the little trauma is, how do you take that moment of uncertainty that you now have and reclaim your power in it? And I think that's what you've done. And that is so beautiful. And I think that's what you do with your collections and your and your jewelry. You give, you know, women or, or people a way to reclaim their power and their voice and almost have like a badge of, of what their purpose and their passion is that they get to wear. Like, you know, it's my badge of honor. So I think that's really, really cool. And I, and I love your story and it's very, very inspiring. Well, thank you. You articulated even better than I can, <laughs> I can, but of course you are a writer and I'm a communicator through um, tiny pieces of sculpture. But really what you did was you 
reflected what I was trying to say and told your story, which is your story is about growth Mm -hmm. and self-soothing and listening and supporting women through all the aspects of their life because it isn't just, it isn't smooth. And what's so amazing about that is that is exactly what my jewelry is meant to do. Mm-hmm. It is, it's called Pave or Pave the Way, not Joan Hornig, because when I went in as to Bergdorf's, they made me call it Joan Hornig. <laughs> Philanthropy is beautiful. Of course. But the whole point is that it's about you, the person who wears it. It's the story you want to tell yourself and tell the world. And this conscious consumerism and this empowerment and these talismans and all of these things make such a difference. And women put on jewelry and they go to the mirror and they smile. And everyone has something to give and it might just be a smile. Mm-hmm. And that's not a little thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. And that's the story. So yeah. You did it. <laughs> you too. No, you you proved, you proved my point. Yes, yes, and you did it. And another thing that I love is in, in in your story and in your jewelry and just speaking to you now, I think one thing that you really showcase is that women are multidimensional, right? We're not just mothers. We're not just, you know, hashtag boss babe CEOs. We're not just, you know, whatever it is. We're everything and anything we want to be you know we can be all we can wear many titles and many hats and we don't have to just be one pigeonholed into one thing like in your story I think a lot of people can um, identify with those moments where someone's like oh well I thought you were just a stay-at-home mom or oh I thought you were just worked in finance like what do you mean you're doing jewelry you know and it's not allowing other people's oftentimes not malicious but definitely misguided labels or expectations of you to define how you define yourself and how you show up in your own life. And I think what you do with your jewelry and also with sharing your story is that you allow women to be their own autonomous beings. Like I can be soft, but I can also be hard. I can be this and I can be that. I can be whatever I want to be. And I think your jewelry, because I was um, looking at it before our time together and I love how you explained that Pave was like the small, uh, tiny diamonds. And I love the juxtaposition between like this beautiful piece of jewelry, but it's like a hammer and one is like a nail and one was like a microphone and one was all these really cool, almost like gritty, grungy, awesome things. But yeah, it's set in this beautiful, like Pave diamond and gold and like delicate. And I think that is very representative of like our feminine power. You know, we are these like forces of nature, but yet we're so delicate and so vulnerable and so soft. So what is kind of um, your own creative process when you're creating the pieces? Because I know I'm like, I want this one and this one and this one and this one. (laughs) We want you you to want them all because it's additive. And in truth, we are lifelong learners and this is something to celebrate. So not only do we go through life sometimes feeling like we need to, like the saw, she came, she saw, she conquered. But sometimes we need the microphone to use our voice. And sometimes we have to hammer home our message. So in part, I started, the centerpiece was actually the microphone, was the very first one that was big. And that really started with the Me Too movement, because I was so terribly upset that There were some people who had a platform, particularly at the Oscars at that time, who could say, no more of this, no more of this. But most women, you know, women are more educated than men in this country. There are more women in the workforce than men. There are more women who are single parents taking care of their children (laughs) and their families. Women are paid less than men. Mm -hmm. Women carry more than one job. Forget the, the jobs at home. So all of this was the idea that we had to, I had to listen, not impose, not dictate. And so I actually priced that piece, which wasn't arbitrary, at $365. Because I wanted people to think of every day of the year that they had to speak out, speak up for the women who couldn't afford to. And it wasn't that they couldn't afford to necessarily buy the jewelry, which of course that's always a possibility. It was the idea that the risks were too great. So 
I so I felt that was the centerpiece. So that one inspired me to begin the Pave the Way line by putting diamonds around it. And so making the word, you know, your word, amplifying it in, with brilliance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so, love that. So that was, that was the centerpiece um, of that line. And from that, it sort of built out to what did I need to do? What was traditional? What was traditional in the house, the toolbox that my husband went to, but that I didn't go to? Okay. What does it mean? So a scissors. Okay. I have different things. A scissors. Well, I cut for a cause. That was what its original concept was. I picked up a scissors and I thought, you know, this makes a difference. I love the saw. She came, she saw, she conquered. I love the barbell fit to succeed. I thought my arms could use a little work, (laughs) actually more than a little work. And I don't like to exercise, but I thought this is all part of self-help. This is all part of being my best self, my most capable self, and protecting myself for the long term. I have to exercise. Okay? I have to eat well. So when I was thinking about how many people in the world are hungry, and I was thinking about sort of the urban, the urban areas where there, there's nothing that's healthy and fresh. It's more expensive. And I thought, all these people need to be nourished. You have to nourish not only your eyes with beautiful things, not only your soul and heart with love, not only your brain with ideas that empower you, but also we have to feed people and we have to feed them with judgment and we have to, again, educate. So I started with the pomegranate seed because that's a symbol of femininity in all cultures. And I try to be inclusive. Then I went to the almonds. I am almighty. Well, ironically, um, people who buy the barbell like to buy the almonds because that's the message that speaks to them. Um, Then, you know, I added the artichoke, which is get to the heart of the matter. Well, it's a lot of work to eat an artichoke, but all of the foods that I put in are all healthy. And so the American Heart Association said, this is great. So I throw in recipes and meanings about them when someone buys those. I love that. So that was an inspiration. Yeah. And no planet B or um, started with plastic straws suck. Mm. <laughs> and it was, it actually came out of a benefit um, called Lonely Whale from Seattle that I went to, where Seattle was the first city to ban plastic straws. And because for 20 years, I have never deviated from basically underwriting the entire business. Like I don't put into my profits, the salaries of the people. I, you know, I, I subsidize all of it. All I take out are the cost of the materials and the labor. So um, a company looked me up and they said, oh, here's somebody who's given, who's been given by first ladies of the, you know, this country to first ladies of the world and has spoken all over the world yeah. about these things. And maybe she can do something. We're on all the different continents and what connects us, the oceans. Yeah. I thought this is, this was so smart of this company. They said, we're going to have a conference, a global conference. We're going to bring people together. So I thought, what could a man wear as well as a woman? What would be gender neutral in every way, but connects us all the oceans? So I said, we can all clean up the oceans yeah. by showing that plastic straws suck and giving them up. The best part was the day they gave it out. I had a little bit of convincing to do, <laughs> um, but the day they gave it out was the day like McDonald's and started, they all announced that they weren't going Yay! to use plastic straws anymore. So you knew. So I you knew. So I love that. So I knew it. Um, I was I was right on that one. So that's the kind of thing I've given to a thousand different nonprofits plus. But my inspiration comes from the people who buy my jewelry. Those are the people who tell me what they care about. It's dynamic. It's not static. It is my trust and faith in the power because it's mostly women. The power of women to use their money wisely and to listen to their stories and their concerns. Yeah. So is that what you mean by, um, I saw that you said that you're an agnostic donor. 
So yes. do you want to tell us more about that? Like the more like you, you listen and respond more than impose. So do you want to tell us more about that? Yes. Okay. Um, many people decide what matters to them. And that's where they put their philanthropic dollars there. It's where they put their chari- their charitable time and their volunteer work. And of course, I do that too. But in this business, the social enterprise business, my feeling was, I don't want you to buy the jewelry and then I'm using it to make my philanthropic gifts, okay, to what I care about. I don't want to give to my schools or my kids' schools or the local hospital. I want to give to what you care about because what I want to do is be responsive and reactive. And I want you to know I trust you enough. You, the consumer, if you're going to wear this, everyone comments on jewelry. It's one of the things that's still safe to comment on. (laughs) (laughs) What is that you're wearing? Tell me the story. What's it about? What's sentimental? Who gave it to you? Did you buy it for yourself? Are you wearing a barbell? (laughs) Um, why are you, you know, why are you wearing a ruler? Um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's open. It's still, it's still fine to comment on that. And so I thought, why not take it one step farther? So my heroes, when I started this and go back again to the nine 11 time was there were two people. One was Oprah. Because what Oprah did was she said, I have a platform and I am going to use it to highlight issues that are serious, to raise awareness and then give support. She did that when no one was doing it that way. I mean, truly, I mean, it was brilliant. I remember when she was a weather person in Nashville, okay, in, in the beginning of her career. I said, this is someone who is a true genius innovator. Paul Newman, my kids didn't know him as a handsome actor. They thought he was salad dressing yeah. and popcorn. I was like, I was like you know what? Yeah. <laughs> but yet all of the profits done by his daughter, again, a woman, go to the hole in the wall. And so I looked at those two things and I thought, what could I possibly do to combine those two things, but still take it another step? Because the point is, I don't want to stay still. Okay. I want to challenge you to make me look like I'm a piker. Okay. Like I'm just at the beginning. I want every company to do what I do. Okay. Now it doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but I want them to listen and give. So I thought, why not ask women when they buy the jewelry, because mostly women would buy it, what they wanted me to donate to in their honor or in the honor of whoever they're giving it to. And that listening is what makes me agnostic because I'm not judging. I'm not going through Charity Navigator and saying there's too much overhead or this is an orphan disease and instead we should be giving to heart disease because that's the biggest killer of women. You know, I'm not saying that something is more important than something else. I'm saying, tell me what's important to you. And then through this process, when I send in the money, I let the nonprofit know. And the nonprofit knows why the donation was made in addition to the purchaser knowing that the donation was made. And what I'm hoping is that I'm starting a direct dialogue between the nonprofit and the purchaser, which is extra, like sort of an extra one that's personal. And what I'm hoping is that people can see their power, that that our dollars make a tremendous difference. We are the big consumers. Yeah. Okay. And it can be jewelry, but it can also be something in the grocery store. You know, it does, it really doesn't matter. And that's why in this past year with um, COVID, I decided that I would focus on yet another thing and try to create something called the why. And that's why the letter Y, which is a blog, which is why you care, why you share and why you acknowledge that you're wearing your values every time you go out into the world. And that is focused without any purchases required. (laughs) 
on helping, which because I want to, because I really want to institutionalize conversations of consequence. This, this is to help young people, um, Gen Z, high school students, learn how to do what you what you're doing today, which is say, this is of interest. This person is of interest. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to ask this person questions. So therefore, I'm doing my homework. I'm you in this case. And I'm going to write it up. And then we're going to go through the process of helping people be seen in their best light, helping young people own the strength to get on the phone or get on a Zoom and interview someone, learn how to review it with them to make sure they got it correctly, communicated. And then get it published. So that why is very important to me because the idea is that college graduates can mentor a high school student. A high school student down the road could mentor a junior high student. And again, we're not judging. I'm agnostic. It matters to you. It's your corner of consideration. Right. Well, I love I love oh. that you brought up um, Oprah and her whole transition because I think what you do is very similar to that, but obviously different. But I think the essence of it is the same. Where it comes to um, intentionality, like her whole thing when she shifted was intention. Like I'm going to make sure that each episode I do or anything that I or any project I do, there's intentionality behind it, and I know what that intention is. And just listening to you talk about your jewelry design, you've done the same, like with the um, Me Too mic drop, you know, necklace. The price, 365, was extremely intentional. You, you had a very specific reason and intention behind what that message was. And it seems like every piece that you create has a very specific intention behind it, whether it's the plastic straws sock and you want to be able to unite all people around uh, climate change and working on the environment or, you know, um, whether it's feeding, you know, people who are undernourished in our country, not just, you know, mind and spirit and everything else, but you're very intentional that we need to actually nourish our bodies and you want to make that, you know, a platform with the food for thought and for everything else. So it seems like you really nailed the intentionality part of it. And then I think you also really nailed the storytelling around the pieces that you make and your customers, because what you really do is you're right, you listen to their story. And then your customer is able to feel validated and seen and heard. Because that's what we all really want. We, want. we just want to know that someone sees us, someone hears us, and someone bears witness to what our story is. And then you take that person's story and what matters to them, and then you donate it to a charity that reflects what matters to them. And then now you give them that story. And then you also plant the seed with other people, like people listening to you or if they talk to you with your jewelry or they talk to someone who's bought your stuff. Now that person's going to go, oh, well, when I talked to Joan, I told her, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. We're donating to this and it's really great. And then that person's going to be like, wow, that's a really good idea. Maybe I should do X, Y, and Z. And then you plant the seed and then you, and then that person then goes, it's like paying it forward, right? You, you, you exactly. plant that seed of kindness. You plant that seed of storytelling. You, you plant that seed of giving from a place of of, of grace almost, right? Because these are you, you want people to, to make their money purposeful or where they put their money purposeful. And you're creating intentional pieces. And so now maybe we might buy a little bit more consciously or we might have more intentionality in what we do. So you're planting those seeds that then goes on to other people because just listening to you now I'm thinking about oh hmm like you know like what are things that I can do what are things that I can say it's very um inspiring you're inspiring people and you're planting that seed and you're definitely a storyteller through the pieces that you make oh thank you thank you thank you And, and there is another there is another element we in this country are have a tremendous amount of nonprofits. Like there were like 2 million of them. Like there were like 180,000 in, in um, England, but there were 2 million in the United States. So what does that mean? It means that the nonprofits are jumping in and fulfilling a need that we have. But it also means that they have to essentially do a certain element of marketing. They have to essentially have an audience that's going to keep them alive. 
and it might not be big galas like last night's Met Gala. (laughs) It probably isn't. (laughs) So let's think about what they have to do. They have to essentially find ways to pick up things in pennies and dollars. They can't just rely upon people to to give them big checks once or twice a year to show up and be seen because the whole movement of social enterprise is so radically different. And I knew it was going to go this way when I went to business school. I knew when I went to business school, it bothered me that we only cared about the shareholders, the customers, and the workers forgot that there was the rest of the community. And I knew that piece was missing. And that was my intention was to embed it in a business in some way. And I'm so happy that this is what, this is what's happened. Um, It's, I don't care if people do performative marketing. I don't market for a cause. I don't cause market. That goes back to the agnostic thing. But if you do, that's great because someone's going to benefit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, okay. You op- not- you, like, <laughs> what matter. you did was you opened up the consumer ecosystem, right? You open it up. So it's not, you're exactly right. It's not just the workers and the people at the top and then the customers, but it's what community underneath that do you serve and how do you give back to that community? And I love that you don't, um, not that you don't, but I but I love that you're intentional about making sure that you give agnostically because you're right. There are a lot of people that's like, well, I'm going to give to like USC or I'm going to give to like my kid's prep school or I'm going to give to like this really like flashy, you know, non-for-profit that all the celebrities give to, you know. So I love that you do it so um, intentional, but so selflessly. And I think that's really great because sometimes giving back you can have this connotation that people are, are doing it for the wrong reasons, but your reasons are so clearly pure and your reasons are so clearly um, transparent. And, and I love that. I, lo- I love that your, your reasons are very, very transparent. So, And then how do you know, and to that point, how do you know the difference? And this is a little bit more technical, but just thinking which profits are like reputable to give to and which profits maybe you should still clear from. Cause I know sometimes when it comes to philanthropy or, or charity, it's not clear on which ones are actually giving back fully to the people and which ones might not be. So do you have any type of criteria for that? Um, this goes back to my faith in part in the women. There are two things that I will not give to. I will not give to anything that promotes guns and gun violence. So um, that that is something where I just can't do it. Um, And I was able to work with the Parkland kids and I made a little bracelet out of tiny little representations of bullets that say no. I mean, if you wear it upside down, it says, "Um." (laughs) but, um, but because I say it's no longer someone else's problem to deal with violence and hate. Um, And I will not give to anything that promotes intolerance. Now, I'm very fortunate in that most of the people who buy my jewelry are not interested in either of those areas, (laughs) for the most part. However, um, if I've been asked to give to something that might be counter to my particular belief, I just give extra money to something on the other side of it. I do not, that's, I do not, every charity I give to must be a registered 501c3. That's what defines a nonprofit or foundation. So they must be able to take money. Uh, There are, there are charities that I've given to that probably are not as efficient as others, but every one of them is registered. So therefore I believe there are watchdogs. And I believe that, If I started to say to someone, well, I don't think you should give to this one because they had this problem with what, you know, like, let's go, if you go back, I don't want to, I don't want to call out a charity in a bad way, but there, there have been some, okay. Cause that's not what I'm about. What I'm about is if you want to give to veterans, sometimes people will say to me, they'll categorize something and they'll say, it's your choice, but I'd like it to be in this category. 
that's when I add to that. I pick the ones that I think are the most effective at delivering the services that they say they're going to deliver. Now, some people don't choose a charity. So what I do every quarter is I just add those purchases, the amounts to the charities I give to evenly across the board from what people have bought. Because because I wanted to stay pure to my intention, which is a great word that you used, and the true authenticity of what I do, which is that I listen, I react. I will always help my friends and family. You will always help your friends and family. People who are buying jewelry are going to help people they know and love. My goal was to have people understand that they lived in a bigger world. Okay. And to help the nonprofits that delivering the services understand that they had to reach the anonymous. They had to be able. And so there's no, there's, it's a whole different relationship if you're giving to an organization and you don't know the person on the other end. No one is embarrassed. Everyone just gets the mm-hmm. service. And is grateful and you hope that someone who benefits from a nonprofit the way I did growing up or benefits from a scholarship. Okay. Mm -hmm. When, you know, all of these things, you hope that they in turn do that and more. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's dynamic. What's one thing that surprised you that you learned about yourself during this whole process because you're, you're very giving and you're agnostic and you listen and you react. But what's one thing about yourself that, that you learned about you over this time that maybe surprised you or delighted you or scared you? Like, who knows? Like what's some, what, what was, what was one thing on your self-discovery journey? Okay. It's sort of a hard thing to admit, (laughs) but but I'm going to admit it because you're making it so easy to do so. I was able in in all my jobs before I had this jewelry company, I was always essentially selling some, some other product, someone else's something. And I had no trouble asking for someone else from the minute I had my name on it, from the minute I was making it from the minute I felt I was personally being judged. I found it very hard at the beginning to take money for it. Just really interesting. And I think this is very much a woman's problem. And I don't think it's the imposter theory. It was just that it was so personal. And anyone who's ever stood in a retail store, and people will go back to stores. I mean, they are now, but they will go back, God willing, um, with more frequency as the world becomes healthier. Um, they should remember that when they say, oh, I don't like that, or I could make that, or it isn't worth it. And because they pass things by, that's fine. They can say it, they can feel it. But when you're standing there at the beginning, okay, when I was, you know, 20 years ago when I was younger and so used to being um, like in charge of, you know, I was one of the only women working with men, okay, at that level. And I was so used to men, but I wasn't used to women shopping. And so every time somebody went by and said, well, I don't think that's worth it, or I think that's too expensive, I'm thinking, you have no idea how <laughs> underpriced this is. This is made in America. This is made by immigrants and people of different backgrounds and religion. This isn't vertically integrated. I'm carrying it from one person to another to build bridges. He's like, I thought, oh, my God, how could I take money for this? What if they don't like it in the end? But I've gotten past that because I've had so much validation. And so all of your listeners, I hope that in their life, Um, sooner rather than later, that they're open to the validation. And that's really what you do with this, with your program. Your program says you are the, you are your best you. Okay. Every day and recognize it today. You can be better tomorrow. You can be a little different tomorrow because every day isn't the same, but recognize you have value today. And that is a that is a hard thing to learn no matter how educated, how confident in other areas. 
it's really, it was really hard for me. And no one's ever asked me that before. And I have never admitted it before. And here I've admitted it on a podcast. So you are you really good. Known. You should have known. But I, 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 first, I, I just want to thank you for acknowledging that. And uh, I acknowledge your strength for sharing that. And I think that you sharing that is going to help so many people listening to not feel alone. Because I think what you said it hits us, particularly as women, to our core. And that is really what we try and do with self-care. And beyond self-care, it's what we really try and do with self-love. We so freely give to others. We so freely forgive, grace, mercy, love, our help, our compassion, our time, our energy. We, so advoc we, we advocate so fiercely for other people. And then we forget to show that to ourselves. And so I love that you said that because it's so true. We can so fiercely advocate for somebody else. But when it comes to being our own advocate, it can be so hard because sometimes we haven't been taught that we are our best and first priority and that we matter and that we're valuable and that we intrinsically are deserving of everything that we want. And, and we can say, hey, I made this beautiful piece of jewelry, and this is how much it costs. And this is what its value is. Full stop. You know, without apologizing yeah, for it or thinking we need to give it away somehow. So I, so I thank you so much for sharing that story. And I've dealt with that myself a lot. When I started out being like, I was like, I'm going to go be a content creator. And I was like, and I have to pay bills. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I struggle with that myself. And that was actually the catalyst for my own self-care journey of being like, well, why is it so hard for me to say no? Like, why are my boundaries so unclear? Like, you know, like, why is it hard for me to up my rates? Why is it hard for me to, you know, be my own advocate? Like, what is all that going on? You have to peel back the layers. What are my self-limiting beliefs? What happened in childhood? Like, all of those things all of those experiences and all of those thought patterns and beliefs lead you to be to where you are today and reprogramming and reworking. And I also love that you said to be open to the validation because it's sometimes so hard to take praise or to take a compliment from someone or to take validation from somebody else or to honestly, I guess what it really is sometimes it's really hard to bask in your own light Sometimes it's really, really hard to enjoy the gift of you. And I think um, I think that's just one of the most beautiful things that we can get to in our life is enjoying who we are and, and not being afraid to put a value on that. So hard, though. It's so hard. It's, I, it is so hard, and I applaud everybody who tries every day. And I don't think it comes in a straight it line doesn't. because I think I think we beat ourselves up much more easily than we wear out our rotator cuffs patting ourselves <laughs> on the back. Definitely, <laughs> truly. truly, and and we think if we do something good. We somehow or another think it was a little thing instead of a big thing. And I have a friend who gave a speech once and I listened to what she said and she probably doesn't even remember she said this, but I've held on to it. It's like one of my mantras that if you think as one person doing one little thing, it doesn't make a difference. Imagine yourself zip tight into a sleeping bag with a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it, of course it makes you it you know and you realize how mm -hmm. miserable you can be or how grateful you can be to unzip it right and get rid yeah. of the mosquito and so nothing is too small and it is hard to say thank you for the compliment i i was at a wedding and i saw somebody wearing a pair of my Aww. earrings and I still, wait a minute, I still wasn't able to go up to this stranger and say, you're wearing my earrings. You know, I still couldn't do it because they were hers. They were no longer yeah. mine. I wanted to know what she supported. But 
but they're hers and it was they were now her story and that's this whole process of giving of giving and you have to give it to yourself so I said to myself this is really great yeah. Joan and this is great I mean you did great that those earrings were worn to a wedding and money went to a charity. And she will tell that story. It kind of goes back to what you're talking about, like with Oprah, like I love her too. And I know how she, she was saying how she was talking to Maya Angelou about what her legacy would be. And she was like, what's going to be my legacy? I want to do this and my network and my blah, 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 blah. And Maya was just like, I'm paraphrasing, but Maya was just like, no, no, no. You're, you don't even know what your legacy is. Your, your legacy is every life that you have touched. And that's, that's what your right. legacy is. You know, you went to this wedding and you see this beautiful woman wearing your <laughs> earrings and you're like, it's no longer mine. Now it's hers. But that's the life that you have now touched. And she will now go on. Even if it was just she felt a sense of goodness about herself or having giving back or telling a story and then teaching somebody else. And then, and then all of the, you know, profits and proceeds that you give to charities, think about all of those lives that you have now touched. You've touched my life in the last 45 minutes, and you're going to touch everybody listening to this life. So you're creating this legacy because you have touched so many lives, and you so freely give it away. And that is so beautiful. Oh, but it's, but the point is, we, you said it, yeah. pay it forward. Every Have single person forward. who gives this, that's what I we have a whole thing. I paved the way. I want people to send hashtags. Yes. Tell me how they paved the way. You know, I mean, this is all about believing that you and understanding that our power and our period on this earth, okay, impacts many more people than we know. We all have big lives. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's the point. Our lives are big. They're not small. Okay, because of all the people we touch and people like you who are influencers and writers and media <laughs> people and stars and all of those things, you have the burden of having to keep up with it. Okay, because the bar and the bar keeps getting raised. And in a way, it should because you can reach more people. But just by inviting yeah. me, if three people do something that they didn't plan on doing in the next week that helps someone, we had a tremendous Absolutely. win. And it doesn't mean they have to <laughs> buy my jewelry. It might mean that they tune in to you again because they said, I got something from this. I'm intrigued. I know that I need to take better care of myself so I can take care exactly. of other people. And it might just be what you said about learning to take validation. And, and also learning to self-validate. That's a huge one. Oof, I had to learn. <laughs> self-validation, that's a daily journey. <laughs> that's a daily journey. Yeah. That is a daily, there, that is a yeah. daily journey, yes. Uh, and there are no placebos Absolutely for that. Not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Go ahead to reference one of your other um, shows. Exactly. So, um, so as we wind down, what is one thing that you want someone to take away from our conversation, whether it's something we said, something we haven't said, but what's just one piece, one kernel of wisdom or insight or just a thought that you want all of us to, to, to have and take with us? Okay. I do believe that I've said it, but I can't say it often enough, which is that the people who listen today should feel empowered to make a positive impact. That, that, that being conscious is a responsibility, but it's not overwhelming, okay? That every action can have a good impact, and think in the positive direction. Don't be af don't be afraid. It's okay not to be sarcastic and <laughs> cynical. It's okay. Okay, basically, it really is okay to be nice. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I think. It's like I know I'm nice. Okay, and that uh, that part of me I'm comfortable with. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I, I love, and I've never okay. heard that. I've never had somebody say that. It's okay to be nice. 
Like you can be kind, it's fine. And I love that. I love it. It's such a beautiful reminder to be nice to ourselves and to each other. So I love that. So I will have everything linked to where you can find Joan, follow Joan, and shop her beautiful Pave the Way collection. But also, I want you to tell us where can we find you, where can we shop your jewelry, and give back to the community. Well, right now, um, you can go to various museums, but I'm going to send you to the directly to the site because why not? So you can go to pavethewayjewelry.com, or if you don't feel like typing out that many words, PTW Jewelry for the initials.com. You can go to philanthropyisbeautiful.com. You can hashtag us at I Pave the Way. You can go to the Y, send me stories, tell me if you want to write for it. I pay for the articles because I believe women should get paid for what they do. So that is um, that is the Y blog, which is, I figure, um, let's see, Why mm-hmm. I Paved the Way. Um, not blog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not blog, whatever. Um, and basically... If you can remember how to spell my name with, you know, Joan Hornick, you can always find me because when you do what I do, you become Googleable. (laughs) So that will, that will lead you (laughs) somewhere, Um, some way you can spend money, but I would, you know, but I really want you to spend your time wisely. And so that's really the most important thing because if you spend your time wisely, Okay, you will be helping Absolutely. other people. And think it's more important than spending your money on, on and one Joan, of my sites. Thank you because you have helped me. I know that my cup is full after talking to you, and I know that you've helped a lot of our listeners. So I want to say thank you for your time, thank you for your insights, and thank you for everything that you do. So for everyone listening, everything is linked in the show notes for how you can connect with Joan and see her beautiful jewelry and give back. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel. Share this with a friend because sharing, loving, and growing is always better within community. And leave me some comments. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know more topics you want me to cover. And until next time, everyone, be good to yourself and each other. Bye. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.